Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Wednesday, October 18th, 2023, I wish you a very, very happy National Hagfish Day. Today's show, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. Big Banter Sports is your only place covering Big Ten Sports exclusively, which means they're not dabbling here. They're not doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's just Big Ten Sports coverage, which means that they are the best at doing it. So make sure you find Big Panther Sports wherever you get your sports content. That means on their website, on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, everywhere. You should also do it because it helps out the show. And when you help out the show, you help out yourself. Because anything that is good for the Views for the Shop podcast is also a, a byproduct, a symptom, if you will, something that will be good for you as well. While you're here, while you're thinking about the, the life choices you are making when it comes to taking in sports content, can I just remind you, please, to make sure that you are subscribed to the Views from the Shop podcast wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast platforms out there, make sure you're subscribed and you're following us on Twitter and on Instagram at the Shop Pod. You can also find us on YouTube. We're here to cover Ohio State basketball exclusively year-round. It's the only podcast out there doing that. So, with that said, you may have seen a tweet from the Views from the Shop podcast Twitter account on Monday saying, hey, your host, that's me, day-to-day due to illness. Can confirm that's true. It was just a minor cold, but no one wants to listen to a guy do a podcast for a half hour when they have a cold. You wouldn't have wanted to hear me on Monday. You wouldn't have wanted to hear me yesterday. And you probably still don't want to hear me today. But alas, we push forward because we've got a lot of content to cover still. And as much as I may beg and plead, well, the NCAA will not push back the start of the college basketball season just because I'm a little behind schedule on getting out this season preview series content. So that said, we should probably get into the season preview series content. Let me also say, so we're picking this up. Last week, we covered the Big Ten East. Another disclaimer here. There are no Big Ten East, no Big Ten West in college basketball. I'm well aware of that. Thank you. No one had explained that to me, so I I think we're on the same page here. But I just want to reiterate, just so that we can make these tiny bite-sized episodes not bite-sized more so rather than giving you a spread of pizza and pasta 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 wings and ice cream and cookies and all your favorite foods and saying hey 15 minutes to eat it do it now 
you may do it joyfully, but you would probably rather have an hour, two hours to really take that down, enjoy it, go a whole day without eating before it, you know? That's kind of the goal here. Rather than trying to brush through the entire Big Ten in one episode, we're going to break it into two. And the easiest way to do that was, hey, let's take the East, quote-unquote, in the West, and that's what we're doing today. Today, we are covering the Big Ten, quote-unquote, West. Seven teams that we will chat through today. We'll try to do it somewhat quickly, and then we'll move on from there. Where should we start? You may be thinking it would be wise for me to start with Purdue. I'm not going to do it, so quit asking, okay? Pattern interrupts, keep you engaged. So that's what we must do. We'll save Purdue for a little bit, but we're going to start with a team that has almost more retention than anyone in all of college basketball, and that is Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Badgers, no longer are they the fighting Bo Ryans with players of the likes of of Jordan Taylor and Sam Decker? Mm-mm. No longer. Now, Wisconsin is a program that used to finish pretty easily within the top half, and even better, of the Big Ten. Last season, they finished 20-15, and 9-11 in the Big Ten. That gets you good for 11th. They miss out on the NCAA tournament but did make a nice run in the NIT tournament. Before that, however, they lost 6 of 7 during Big Ten play and needed what pretty much every Big Ten team needed last season, which was a date with Ohio State to get off that schneid. But Ohio State knocks off Wisconsin in the Big Ten tournament, and Wisconsin makes it into the NIT tournament as a two-seed. They knock off Liberty and Oregon before losing to eventual champ North Texas in the semifinal. Last season, Wisconsin, when you think of them, it's very simple. Bad offensively. Just a bad offensive team. So, looking into this season, departures for Wisconsin, the list is very, very short. One player, it's Jordan Davis, who's going to transfer to Illinois State. He was a contributor for Wisconsin last season. Wasn't a star or anything like that. But he's heading away from Wisconsin. And in terms of additions for the Badgers this season, they've got A.J. Storr coming in from St. John's. He's all Big East freshman team last year and shot 40% from three. They also have the number 34 composite recruiting class in terms of freshmen. No player within the top 100, however. So it's a nice class with a couple guys. Will anyone contribute this year? Probably. Sure. It's Wisconsin. But the story this season for the Badgers is the retention that they've got. Chucky Hepburn averaged 12 points per game last season. Steven Crowell, 12 points per game last season. They return along with their top five returning scorers. How about this stat? 12 of the 15 rostered players last season for Wisconsin return. Some would even say 13 of 15. Why? Because one of those departures is now on staff with Wisconsin. They cannot let these people go, apparently, heading into this upcoming season. A player who was on the roster last year, now on staff. 
this year for Wisconsin. That is how similar of a team this is. Now, this could be good. On the flip side, it can be bad. Stay with me here because I know that's deep. You look at some teams, some rosters, across all sports. Sometimes it's just better to blow it up. Sometimes you have a roster that doesn't perform. The players don't mesh well. They don't like each other. There's no team chemistry, whatever the case may be. And you say, okay, we've got to let these guys walk. You see it a lot of times in college basketball, especially in college football, where there can be even more turnover, where you'll see a bunch of guys leave, and you'll see a low percentage of returning production, yet the team performs better. Because sometimes it's just better to get the garbage out. I'm not sure if that's the case with Wisconsin for one very, very thought-out reason. And that is, they played very well in the NIT tournament. At the end of the season, they really figured out how to play basketball together as a team. Made that run in the NIT tournament. Makes me believe in them, but they're going to have to be better offensively. Connor Asijin. Can he take a step forward and become a more well-rounded basketball player? Can Chucky Hepburn stay healthy for an entire season this year? That's what you think about as Wisconsin. Because the Big Ten was so competitive last season, this is a team that finishes 9-11 and in Big Ten play. If you have Chucky Hepburn, is this a team that finishes 10-10 and or 11-9 and potentially? Hepburn is the best player on this team. Wisconsin gets him back this season. Looking ahead to Wisconsin's schedule, they've got Tennessee, Providence, Virginia, Marquette, Arizona. I'm exhausted just listing off those teams. They'll be more well-tested than anyone by conference play. They'll take on Ohio State twice, once on January 10th, another time on February 13th, and they play Illinois and Maryland once. So that's going to help them out, talking about the top teams projected At least in the conference, they'll get Purdue, Michigan State twice, Illinois, Maryland only once. So good for them on the scheduling aspect. That's a very, very deep schedule that would make some other teams that we'll talk about in this episode feel very embarrassed, if that's the word. But Wisconsin overall, this is a team with a lot of retention, a lot of continuity. Greg Gard is going to sit his guys down. And he's not going to have to do a bunch of install. He's not going to have to do a bunch of explaining on this is our offense, this is our defense. But what this team will need to do better is play offense and score. Get the ball into the bucket. Remember when Ohio State played Wisconsin at the shot? That was an ugly, ugly game. The final score was probably like 61-56 to or something like that. It It was a gross game. So that's Wisconsin. They're a team right now, they received votes in the AP Top 25. Ohio State did not, in case you missed that. They're not ranked. They did receive votes. There's respect for this program, and it's entirely because of the continuity that they've got, plus the addition of AJ Store, who I think can be really, really good for Wisconsin. So, this is a team that you'll see it early on. With all of the returning production they've got, they should have a pretty quick uptick in performance earlier on in the season can they knock off tennessee can they beat providence can they knock off virginia can they play competitively with these teams if so this should be a top five top six team in the big 10 heading into next season this is really going to throw you off i'm going to go to nebraska and the funny thing is i'm looking at my notes right now 
I actually had Nebraska as the last team I was going to cover, and, and I, I've just audibled completely, and we're going to go to Nebraska now. And I'll tell you why. Mm, I won't tell you why. Nebraska last season goes 16-16, and 9-11. and 11. That's tied again for 11th in the Big Ten. They lost to Minnesota in the Big Ten tournament, and that was the season, and that's really disappointing because Nebraska had won four of their five final regular season games. Losing to Minnesota, you obviously expect them to win that game. They did not. They lose to Minnesota. Their season is over. Looking at departures and roster turnover for Nebraska, you've got Derek Walker. He was their second leading scorer. Sam Griesel, their third leading scorer, both now gone. You've got four outgoing transfers as well for the Cornhuskers heading into the season. But they do have a nice little transfer class here. These names, some you may not know, many you may not know. Of the, of the three of them, you probably don't know two of them. But I like this class for Nebraska. You've got Aaron Eulis heading over from Iowa. A little Big Ten West swap there. Well, not a swap because Iowa didn't get anything out of it other than they no longer have Aaron Eulis. You get Bryce Williams joining Nebraska from Charlotte. He averaged 14 points per game last season for Charlotte. Very experienced college basketball player. And then you've got Rink Mast. He had 1,000 points in his career at Bradley, now joining Nebraska. I think, I'm pretty sure the total is like 1,003 points. Like, he barely got there, but he did get there. And all of these guys play different positions. They could step in and start in year one here for Nebraska. But Nebraska, if you're if you're thinking about Nebraska basketball, you're simply thinking about Keisei Tomonaga. He averaged over 20 points per game in the final month of the season last year. He was the star for Nebraska. He was the one trying to will his team to double-digit Big Ten wins. You've got, along with Tomonaga, you get the services of... Williams and Mast, they could be the second and third best players on this team. And I think there's some potential, at least, for Nebraska to be good. They're ranked 58th in Ken Palm right now, which would put them as a fringe NCAA tournament team. And by fringe, I mean really on the outside of the bubble, but there's potential there. The schedule? Okay. They're going to take on Oregon State. You know the 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 meme now, especially on Twitter. It says, and I quote, "They having a mid off." End quote. That will be Nebraska taking on Oregon State. Oregon State is one of the worst college basketball programs, most likely in the major conferences heading into this season. Not programs. I shouldn't say programs. That's the wrong word to use. Teams. One of the worst teams. And maybe one of the worst programs as well. But that that is that is a mid matchup, as the youths would say. They also get Creighton and Kansas State. But outside of that, nothing really noteworthy. So it's a pretty soft non-conference schedule, which means you're going to have to win 10 games in the Big Ten. At least make a run in the Big Ten tournament in order to make the NCAA tournament. They get Michigan State. They get Purdue once. I'm not sure that we're missing out on anything here. I try to be as optimistic as possible with all these teams because Ohio State has to play all of them. But 
Michigan State taking on Nebraska or Michigan State taking on Illinois. I'd rather see two of those than Michigan State taking on Nebraska twice, so we're fine with that. Same same goes for Purdue. So as a team this season, Nebraska, they went 500. They're dealing with a fair amount of roster turnover. Will they win more than 16 games this season? Will they go over 500? I'm not willing to place any of my money on a bet of that nature. Not that that market is available for some reason, at least last I checked. But Nebraska is going to be Casey Tominaga. That's going to be about it. That's going to be why you watch. But you've got Bryce Williams, Rink Mask. Both of those guys could produce for Nebraska and make them competitive heading into this season. Let's flip to Illinois. Illinois last season, they went 20 and 13, 11 and 9, fifth in the Big Ten. They knocked off UCLA and Texas in non conference play. And then they ended the year with losses to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament and Arkansas in the NCAA tournament. Now, it's no secret that the Big Ten is desperate for success in the NCAA tournament. It performed very, very poorly last season, hasn't seen a national title since George W. Bush was in office, hasn't seen a team go to the Final Four since COVID, while eight other conferences have made it to the Final Four. Illinois was a team. As you look at their regular season play out, having success in the Big Ten, beating UCLA and Texas, I believe they were both two seeds. UCLA might have been a three. Maybe a four. No, I, there's no way they were a four. I believe they were both two seeds. So you're beating both of those teams. You would expect that team to be able to knock off Arkansas in the first round. Illinois was unable to. So, a very disappointing season. And now you head into this season, and this team feels like potentially the biggest wild card in all of the Big Ten. So they lose Sky Clark. He missed most of last season. Anyway, he's heading to to Louisville, which we knew had happened all along. They also lose Jaden Epps. Those are two potential big losses in the backcourt, at least as far as it looks in terms of the potential that they had. RJ Melendez, also gone from Illinois. They've got seven new additions on the team this season. A nice transfer class. Quincy Guerrier, Justin Harmon, Marcus Domask, all those guys. I, I, I like them all in terms of their makeup and what they can potentially bring and fill in as pieces slotting into Illinois. And then the number 29 freshman class as well, with four players in it, their highest ranked player, a former teammate of Scotty Middleton, by the way, number 61 player in the nation in Amani Hansberry. So overall, the transfer portal class, the freshman class coming in, it's going to be solid. Illinois is going to have some talent, but this is just a roster that's in flux right now. It kind of gives... If I may use that term, it gives Indiana West heading into this season. Indiana is another team with a lot of new additions, some high ticket players, both in the transfer portal and in their freshman class. And you're not really sure what Indiana is going to give you this season. Exact same situation here 
with Illinois. I don't feel comfortable projecting them in the top 25. The AP, however, did. Voters voted them in. They finished 25th in the preseason AP poll. Last team ranked. Looking at the other teams losing as much as Illinois is losing, I think other conference, other teams in the conference have filled needs in a better way. I haven't even mentioned Terrence Shannon Jr. yet. He's going to be... He has, he's one of the few in the Big Ten. There's a lot of good players in the Big Ten. But there's a few who, who are cream of the crop, very, very top echelon type of players in the Big Ten. Terrence Shannon Jr. is one of them. They give Indiana West one marquee player who you know you can trust. I'm not sure Indiana really even has that at this point. But a lot of turnover. A nice freshman class, a nice transfer portal class, and a team that had some flashes last year but ultimately underachieved. The schedule, of course, they have the exp- exp- pause exhibition with Kansas to benefit Maui because we can't expect those who actually have power to, to do anything to help, but that's a conversation for another day. So they, they've got the expedition, exhibition with Kansas. They've got Oakland, just like Ohio State. Good for Oakland. They get to go travel to Ohio State and Illinois this season. And then a non-conference schedule that's very much backloaded. Marquette, FAU, Missouri, Tennessee, all included in there. And they'll play Ohio State just once. That'll come on January 30th. They get all the projected top dogs. Purdue. Michigan State, Maryland, they get them all twice. So here's what I can tell you is if Illinois finishes the season 19 and 15, which doesn't feel like an Illinois finish, but it may be. If they finish 19 and 15 and I don't know, Syracuse, a team that seems to always be on the bubble, also finishes 19 and 15 or even 21 and 12, Illinois is in. Because this strength of schedule that they've got, it's going to be very good out of conference and in conference. And I think the advantage for Illinois is that because this non-conference schedule is so backloaded, they're going to get a chance to work out all the kinks, really understand what the rotation is going to look like, so that by the time December comes around, they'll be ready to play. So Illinois, I don't know. I don't know. I, I If I were casting a ballot for the top 25, no shot I would be including Illinois. And my top 25, not saying they're not going to be good. It's just I don't know who they are at this point. I think Illinois is the biggest wildcard team in the Big Ten. Okay, fine. You win, and I will talk about Purdue. The Purdue Boilermakers. Last season, don't even need to say it, but I'll say it anyway. 29-6, 15-5 in the Big Ten. They win the Big Ten regular season title. They win the Big Ten tournament title. And that is hard to do. Only three teams have done it in the past 10 years. And then in comes, they're ranked number one. They're undefeated for a long time. This is a very good Purdue team. And then they head to Columbus for the first round of the NCAA tournament with visions of the Final Four, cutting down the nets, heading to the national championship, potentially winning it all. But little Fairleigh Dickinson got in the way. 
Purdue became the second team ever to lose to a number 16 seed, and that was their season. So one thing I can tell you is this Purdue team will have a chip on its shoulder heading into this season, and they're only losing one player. They are they're keeping everyone who is notable on this team. The only player they lose is Brandon Newman, who got minutes last season. He wasn't a star. He wasn't Zach Eady or Fletcher Lawyer or any of the other main contributors for Purdue last season. I'm going to list off a few teams here, okay? And I, I want you to tell me what they have in common that Purdue does not have. You ready? Kennesaw State, McNeese State, Hawaii, Rhode Island, Day 10, Wright State, Tennessee State, Appalachian State, Southern Miss, Fairfield, Wisconsin, Green Bay, and about a hundred others. All of those teams have better transfer portal classes than the 116th ranked transfer portal class owned by Purdue. However, I'm not sure that I really give a crap, frankly. You lose one major contributor and you're Purdue. You don't really need to go out and get anything. When there's not a need, I don't care what your transfer portal class is ranked. If Ohio State's was ranked 116th, I would be concerned because there were needs on this roster to address this season. For Purdue, not so much. They get a guy named Lance Jones. Good for Lance. He was unranked. Welcome to Purdue. Their freshman class wasn't much better. Ranked 92nd. Just one commit. Now, if you're wondering, oh man, is, is Purdue about to go down the tank here? Is this little dynasty that they've built about to crumble? The answer is no. The 2024 class is looking like it's going to be very, very good for Purdue. But they get Miles Colvin. He's the only player. He's a number 63rd, number, number 63rd? Or the number 63. He's the number 63 ranked player nationally. And he's the 13th best shooting guard. According to 247 Sports. So Miles Colvin will come in. And probably contribute. At Purdue. Not a lot of needs for this team. This year. Of course you have Zach Eady. It's huge that Purdue gets Zach Eady back. In West Lafayette. This season. Averaged 22 and 13 last season. Obviously, all Big Ten, all NCAA, all the awards coming. You get Fletcher Lawyer and you get Braden Smith back. One of those guys is going to have to emerge. You cannot simply lean on Zach Eady to take you through the NCAA tournament. You can in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is ugly. It's bully ball. It's get Zach Eady in the post and let him work. But in the NCAA tournament, you're not going to be able to lead simply on Zach Eady, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, one of those guys will need to step up. They took turns last season, kind of played patty cake, and said, okay, you can lead the team in scoring this game behind Zach. Okay, now you can. And, and they switched. But one of those guys will need to step up this upcoming season. You need skilled guard play. You need experienced guard play. And you need to be able to shoot the three. Purdue was bad from the three last year. And I think that's going to hold them back from being a Final Four team. Or better. Another question for Purdue. How will Trey Kaufman Wren develop? I think he's the biggest question mark. Purdue fans would probably say he's the biggest question mark. I would say that's the biggest question mark as well. 
how will he develop? Looking at the schedule for Purdue, they've got an ex- exhibition. That that word apparently is very tough for me against Arkansas. And then they've got Xavier, Gonzaga, Tennessee or Syracuse in Maui, Alabama, Arizona. They share Alabama with Ohio State. We'll both get our, our cracks at Alabama this season. Only one game against Michigan State. We talked about in the last episode, Michigan State got a beautiful Big Ten Conference schedule. Only one game against Michigan State. Only one against Maryland. Only one against Ohio State. So Purdue and Michigan State, man, they both got a nice draw for the Big Ten Conference schedule. Not having to take each other on twice. Getting to not deal with Maryland twice. Some some of these projected top teams that works out well for Purdue along with Michigan State. But as a whole, I mean, this is essentially the same exact team as last season, just all a year better, you would assume, with a year of experience and with the chip on the shoulder of, we failed last season, we just straight up failed. We lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament when we should have been a Final Four team. Unacceptable. So Matt Painter and his guys, they'll have the chip on their shoulder. Purdue is going to be legit. Ohio State's one battle with Purdue this season. It's going to be very, very difficult for Ohio State to beat Purdue. They're the only team in the Big Ten that I would say it's going to be very, very, very difficult to beat them. In the NCAA tournament, though, that's what Purdue was looking at. They're going to say we're going to take care of business in the regular season, but the real season starts in the NCAA tournament. They want to be a one seed, and they want to go make it to the national title game with Zach Eady. Zach Eady is a phenomenal college basketball player. He's tall. He's big. If you can keep him out of the paint, if you can put pressure on these guards, Purdue probably can be beat. So we'll see what happens. But this is going to be a very, very good team. I think being ranked third by the AP is certainly justified this season. Let's pause real quick. Let's pause, and and I'm going to sip, actually. I need a sip of water. Sometimes you don't realize how badly you need something until you get it. Put that on a coffee mug and and let your mom drink out of it. College Basketball Analytics, shall we? They are the exclusive sponsor on today's show. College Basketball Analytics used by Ohio State's own Chris Holtman and their coaching staff to get ready for the upcoming season to do some self-scouting along with scouting other teams. You have access to that exact same information. Shooting maps, heat maps, putting together some pretty cool graphics and graphs and charts and all those different types of things. The depth and breadth of data on college basketball analytics, I'm telling you, It will make you the smartest person in the room when it comes to college basketball. If you call yourself a college basketball junkie or a college basketball nut, you have got to be on collegebasketballanalytics.com. You can use the code SHOT to get one month free. That's S-C-H-O-T-T, SHOT, to get one month free. I highly recommend you do it. I use college basketball analytics to prep for my show. You can use college basketball analytics as well to be the smartest fan in college basketball. So use the code SHOT to get one month free. That's the code SHOT. One month free, college basketball analytics, cbbanalytics.com. 
as much I was I, I, as I would love to not talk about this team, I I will. How's that for for an intro? Minnesota, lowly lowly Minnesota, nine and twenty-two last season, two and seventeen in Big Ten play all season. As you dealt with the highs and mostly lows of Ohio State basketball, one thing you could trust and hope in is that every morning when you woke up and every night when you let your head hit the pillow, you knew Minnesota was in 14th place in the Big Ten. The caveat. Is it a caveat, though? It's not. The silver lining? It's not that either. It's actually bad for Ohio State. One of their two wins out of 19 games in Big Ten regular season play came against Ohio State. So there's that. Minnesota, of course, is losing Jamison Battle heading into the season. Jamison Battle is now in Columbus with Ohio State. They also lose Talon Cooper, who averaged 10 points per game, a South Carolina kid returning home to go play for the Gamecocks. Additions. This is fun. Jack Wilson, not the former Pittsburgh Pirates player. No. The former O-lineman for Washington State. Yes, Jack Wilson played offensive line for Washington State along with basketball. He will now head to Minnesota, taking his talents up. Geographically, I'm not sure that he's actually taking his talents up north. I'm not sure about that. But he's taking it to Minnesota. So take that for what it's worth. Maybe he can go guard Zach Eady. That would actually be, I, I would pay to see that. I would pay to see Jack Wilson guard Zach Eady. I'll say it now. Tune in. When you see Minnesota and Purdue taking each other on at 8 o'clock on Fox on some random Thursday night in February, let me just say you should tune in just to see what Jack Wilson does against Zach Eady. That guy better be starting against Zach Eady. However, nah, I can't get there yet. Just wait. I'll say it. Just wait. They get Mike Mitchell Jr. joining from Pepperdine, who could actually be a good basketball player, and Cameron Christie, fringe top 75 recruit as well, top 80-ish freshman joining Minnesota this season. Here's what I was going to say about 30 seconds ago, but I didn't want to lose my train of thought. I don't believe in Ben Johnson whatsoever as head coach of Minnesota. There's something about him That just for me, if I played for him, he would make me want to go play in traffic. The way that he coaches, if you remember when Ohio State played Minnesota, we got this little all-access pass, and we got to see inside the locker rooms and inside the huddles, and whenever Ben Johnson spoke, I was just like, not doing it for me. The good thing is, I'm not a Division I basketball athlete. I just talk about it. So maybe the players love him. I don't know, but Ben Johnson doesn't he he doesn't give me confidence that he can lead Minnesota to a much better season than he did last year for Minnesota. The one good thing that Minnesota has is Dawson Garcia. 15 points per game last season. He's already got some preseason Big 10 accolades. Good for him. They've got a bunch of returning freshmen, even I'm talking more than Ohio State who got a lot of minutes last season. Only one of the freshmen from last season who had meaningful minutes are gone. The rest are back. So this is kind of Ohio State 2.0 in that they have more freshmen. Now sophomores returning, got a bunch of minutes. 
However, I would have to say Minnesota is, is more Ohio State point five. Sorry. I, I don't like being pessimistic. I didn't like being pessimistic about Penn State and the Big Ten East conversation either. But I just, I got to tell it how it is sometimes. And their non-conference schedule, oh boy. I, I'm getting secondhand embarrassment looking at this. They play Missouri in non-conference schedule. That's pretty much it. No, it's not pretty much it. It's the only team out of any of the power conferences that they'll play. And then it's just directional schools and online campuses galore. They're probably going to be taking taking on a developmental team in, in Lithuania or something that they've eked into their schedule as well. It's not pretty. You're, you're, you're quite simply not going to watch a Minnesota men's regular season basketball game until Big Ten tournament play. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not all that excited about Minnesota taking on Wisconsin Green Bay. I'm not saying that they do, but they're playing 15 teams like it. So there's that. They'll take on Ohio State on December 3rd. A day before someone's birthday. I'll let you guess on that one. It's mine. And they'll also take on Ohio State on February 22nd. If Ohio State doesn't win both of these games, I'm speechless. That's what it would be like. They'll take on Purdue, Maryland, Illinois only once. Essentially, even the Big Ten conference schedule is soft. As as the Big Ten office, league office, was putting together the conference schedule this season, they said, oh boy, what are we going to do? Are we, are we going to have Minnesota take on Purdue twice? Are we going to go throw them at Maryland and Illinois twice? We can't do that to Minnesota. We can't do that to ourselves. We can't do it to our fans. There's, there's nothing good that would come of that. So it's okay, Minnesota. Come here. Come here, Ben Johnson. Hey, buddy, look, you're going to go play Nebraska twice. Okay. Hey, wait, stop, stop. You're going to play Penn State twice too. Enjoy that, Ben. Okay, go on. Go win. Try to win double-digit games this season. Sorry. Not much good to say about Minnesota. Jamison Battle, now at Ohio State. So we thank him for that. Oh, need a sip. Going on 40 minutes here today. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Or is it? Let's talk about the fighting Fran McCaffrey's. Yes, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa, last season, finishes 19-14 overall, 11-9 in the Big Ten, tied for fifth. Really, really good offensive team last season. They averaged 80 points per game. I believe that was like 18th in all of college basketball last season. Very good offensive team, which they showcased that against Ohio State last season. Now, like Wisconsin... They lost their only game of the Big Ten Tournament to Ohio State. Then they lost to Auburn in the NCAA Tournament. Just like Illinois, they lost their only game of the Big Ten Tournament, then lost to an SEC school in the NCAA Tournament, ending their season. We got to be better, Big Ten. It's time. We got to link arms. Tom Izzo said it during Big Ten Media Days. He said, we as a conference, we've got to be better. We're getting close. But we've got to be better. Come on, guys. Let's figure it out. Okay, Greg Gard? You, you listening to me? Penn State's not going to do it for us. Minnesota surely won't. Someone's got to go make a run this year. Maybe it'll be Ohio State. 
All right, departures this season. Chris Murray, he's headed to the draft, joining his brother Keegan. Actually, I don't remember where he got drafted to, but he is in the NBA now. Just like Bryce Sensenball. Philip Rabraka also leaving Iowa this season. That's their top two scorers. Dot, dot, dot. Aaron Euless to Nebraska. We already spoke on that. Additions. A respectable transfer class. Evan Bronze, Ben Cricky come from Belmont and Valparaiso, respectively. And of course, because it is Iowa, Price Sanford. With a name like Price, he has to be a three-point shooter. Number 99 overall player in the 2023 class of freshmen. Iowa just keeps it in the family, man. It it doesn't matter. You're, you'll have a couple McCaffrey's here, a couple Sanfords there, a couple Murray's here. I mean, it's insane. The why it's almost like an it's an exclusive club that unless you're born into it via bloodline, you're not going to play for Iowa. I, I I can't believe I've never seen anything like that where it's just it's it's literally generations of players. Just playing, and then the brother comes in, and the father played there, so the son might as well play there. However, Fran McCaffrey's son will not be playing at Iowa. Is he class of 24 or 25? Look it up in your own time. I'm not going to tell you. So, Iowa's going to lose their top two scorers heading into the season, but they retain their, their top three through five scorers. So that's nice. Tony Perkins, Peyton Sanford. Patrick McCaffrey, Patrick McCaffrey is back for his 17th season of eligibility. I don't understand how the NCAA keeps signing off on this, but they do. So McCaffrey's back. He's a senior this year. Again, pretty similar team to last season would be my projection. They should score a lot. They were well below average defensively and many metrics. And you can't overlook losing a star like Chris Murray. This can be a team that's good. It can be a team that finishes in the top half of the Big Ten. Pretty much, there's what, 12 teams that could finish in the top half of the Big Ten, we would say, at least have a chance this season? I don't know about Nebraska. Sorry, maybe it's 11. But there, there's a lot of competition here in the Big Ten. And although Iowa retains a fair amount of continuity, they're not replacing Chris Murray. They didn't go out and get a Chris Murray replacement in the transfer portal or in their freshman class. You can feel comfortable about what they can do this season, except for that even with all the retention, they didn't replace Chris Murray. There's not a Chris Murray type of player on this roster. And for that reason, I'm out on Iowa this season. Even with everything they've got, I think this is a team that Ohio State can beat for sure. We'll talk about that here in a second. Let's actually move to their schedule before I wrap up my thoughts on Iowa. So they get Creighton, they get Oklahoma, Seton Hall, or USC, and Iowa State in their non-conference. That's a nice little schedule there. USC should be really good this year. Iowa State is a great defensive team. That should be a great matchup. They'll get Ohio State once, and it's not until February 2nd. So at that point, you pretty much know what these two teams are. So that should be an interesting matchup. They get Michigan State only once. They've got a pretty tough Big Ten conference schedule. So their schedule isn't doing them any favors. They're not going to win a couple extra games and make themselves look better. 
because of their schedule or in spite of it, however you may say it. So because of that, I mean, this, this is a tough, tough team to really feel great about that they'll be back in the NCAA tournament this year. They weren't a bubble team necessarily. You expected them to be in the NCAA tournament, but losing in the first round and you wonder what they can do this season without a guy like Chris Murray. Chris Murray was very, very good for Iowa last season. So I don't know. I don't feel super confident about them, though. Can I talk to you about a team that I feel really, really confident in? You're going to have to hold me back on this one. The last school we'll cover is going to be Northwestern. Northwestern. Oh, I screwed this up, man. I screwed this up. Here's how I wanted to start Northwestern. I was going to ask you, hey, do you remember who finished second in the Big Ten last season? You probably would. But some lesser knowers of ball than you would probably say, was it Michigan State? Was it Penn State? They made a run. Indiana, Illinois, Maryland? Uh, No, it was Northwestern who finished in second place in the Big Ten last season. 22-12, 12-8 in conference play. Departures. Well, not boo-booey. We'll talk about that in a second. But they do lose Chase Adige, 14 points per game. He was a part of a two-headed monster with Boo Booey last season. Adige was really, really good. I think Boo Booey probably got more publicity. Chase Adige was a very complete player, really, really good for Northwestern last season. They're going to miss him. They also lose Robbie Baran. He transfers to Virginia. This is a somewhat sizable loss. For Northwestern, I think he's actually good at basketball. Hot take there. So there's that. However, they get a nice transfer portal class, I guess. Ryan Langborg, you remember him? Part of the famous Princeton run, the best player on the team most likely during that run. I'm not going to say that he's a guy that's more bark than bite and that people are going to mention this name. They're going to remember the run. I'm not sure if he's going to be as skilled and live up to the hype. But it's a nice ad for Northwestern. An arena that houses maybe 4,000 people. So there's that. Unfortunately, though, a rather lackluster freshman class. So this team, in terms of additions, not a lot of notables. Other than what I would say, it's not an addition, but it's not a subtraction either. Boo Booey decides to return to Northwestern. He's back. A good amount of retention. Ty Berry returns. Brooks Barnheiser, who lit up Ohio State last season. Matthew Nicholson all back. I'm sorry. Why are we not talking about Northwestern? They lost Chase Adige. Robbie Baran. But really Chase Adige. That's basically it. Why... This team finished 22-12. and 12. Look at their schedule this season. They take on Mississippi State, that should be a tournament team. Washington State, meh. DePaul, Arizona State, I, I can't get excited about that. Those are games that Northwestern should win. They get Purdue, Michigan State, Illinois, Maryland twice. 
Okay, I'll give you that. I'll concede that they'll probably lose more games than they did last season in Big Ten play. But this team, altogether, is basically what they were last season. So why, tell me, why is Wisconsin getting votes in the AP Top 25? I'll answer this question right after I'm done asking it. Why is Wisconsin getting votes in the AP Top 25 when they lose not all that much? But they didn't make the NCAA tournament. And Northwestern loses about the same. They don't get a single vote. I'll tell you why. Because the AP vote is stupid. And you shouldn't pay attention to it. Why are we still on this AP voting thing anyway? You're t- nah, it's not worth your time. I'm not going to get into it. But it's stupid. Northwestern, man. No one is talking about Northwestern right now. No one. But I'm willing to. I'm going to put my foot in the ground. I'm willing to say it. Northwestern's going back to the NCAA tournament this season. They're going to be good. They only lose Chase Adige. Robbie Baran is a good player. But you can make up for it with the fact that Boo Booey is back. Ty Berry is back. Brooks Barnheiser. Matthew Nicholson is a guy I personally wouldn't enjoy guarding in the low post. Zach Eady may. I don't know. But this team should be good. I'm not saying they're going to finish second in the Big Ten, but if you regress a little bit and you're seventh in the Big Ten, you're probably still in the NCAA tournament. So sue me. I like Northwestern this year. I think we covered everyone, did we not? I'm looking through this here. We talked Wisconsin. We talked Illinois. Purdue, we hit them for sure. Minnesota, begrudgingly. The fighting Fran McCaffrey's of Iowa hit them too. And Nebraska. So how about that? Cover the Big Ten West. Hey, look, before we go here, I'll tell you this, okay? I'm going to keep pushing out content. I know. I get it. My voice, not back today. It's okay, but it's not great. And you may have suffered through this. Maybe you didn't. But if you're here and listening to this right now, then you did. And I appreciate that. I do. I do. So, we'll have another episode coming out on Friday, okay? You'll get two days, essentially, to listen to this one before a new one comes out. We'll pump out another one on Friday. We'll continue along here. Man, I'm looking at these schedules. I'm looking at these players. I'm looking at this team playing that team in November. We are almost there. Sources tell me, and that source was John Rothstein. He says, NCAA basketball, 19 days away as of today. So get excited for that. I can't wait. I'm sure you're excited too. Appreciate you listening today. Make sure you're locked in. I ask I ask for so little of you, and I give you so much in return, I feel like. I, I do feel that way. Just subscribe. Just do it. If you haven't already, make sure you follow on Instagram and on Twitter. Just look up Views from the Shop Podcast. You'll find us. And make sure you subscribe on YouTube too. Appreciate you listening today. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.